stopped, get him stopped. God and Moses both in a sidecar could not drive a sprint car with a thousand horsepower. I swear to God, he's done a double somersault backwards. My car won't go past wide open. Uh, my 50,000 came in a Twinkie box. You know, I get my jollies off over looking at a nice car wash. You know he's going to crash your shit, but he's still, he's still got great stories. Oh, they disappeared. Oh, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> you plated your old ball sack and you just freaking let it eat. It's all goddamn assholes and elbows. And if you ain't right... They'll send your ass to the rear. Welcome to another episode of Open Red. Uh, I am Nick Raziano. Here with me is, of course, Rob Lau. How are you, Rob? I'm doing all right, Nick. How are you doing? Uh, pretty awesome, uh, because there's also another person with us there here, is. too. Yes, uh, Mr. Johnny Gibson. Johnny, how are you? Doing fine, guys. Doing great. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, as people might remember, back in February, uh, we all got together, made some predictions, some good, some terrible, some in between, and we're going to review them and see how uh, the 2021 season turned out for uh, the series in general and for um, our attempt at being knowledgeable. <laughs> it's time to find out how smart we actually are or... I already know the answer, at least in my case. How dumb I actually am. I, I'll be in, in some cases, uh, we are pretty spot on. I think pretty good. Other cases, way off. Way off. Way off. Johnny, how do you feel, uh, before we really dive into it, how do you feel uh, about the predictions that you made, if you even remember them? You know, I, I looking back on it, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to admit, I, I'm kind of cheating. I went back and listened to the first one just to see uh, some point of reference. And although some of them were not very good, <laughs> I still feel okay with them, with my logic behind the predictions that I made. So I'm feeling okay about the predictions I made. They just, some of them sucked. I, I, I like that. I like that answer. That's where I kind of am. I know that people have been laughing at me all year based off of the year that he had and my and my prediction for the champion, but I really don't feel like it was that out of line based off of the second half of the season he had a year ago. Yeah, like Johnny said, I feel like the logic we at least threw behind some of our predictions was good enough to be reasonable predictions at least. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick, you've got it all written down, so we may as well just start Start right in on it. All right. We'll start where we started off back in February. Uh, will there be more or less than 20 winners in the season? Uh, Johnny said more. I agreed said more. You said less. Uh, you're correct. Hey, I got one. <laughs> <laughs> we had 15 winners in 2021. Uh, how, uh, damn. Damn. That just goes to show you how dominant the 49 was. Yeah. And, and, and to be honest with you, the, the 41 and the 2. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's been a few years since I think we've had uh, multiple double-digit uh, race winners like that. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, definitely. I don't think any of us saw you know, those dri- oh, like three drivers with double-digit wins. Yeah, it's crazy. So we had uh, Brad Sweet with 16 wins. Uh, Logan Schuhart had seven. Carson Macedo got 11, which uh, we'll find out through this whole thing that we all, I think, kind of underestimated yeah. Carson Macedo a little bit going into this year. Absolutely. Uh, for sure. Uh, Aaron Reitzel had four. Sheldon Hottenshield had eight. James McFadden got a couple. Uh, David Gravel, 11. So he was another one of those double-digit winners. Brent Marks, three. Dave Blaney with that uh, pretty fun uh, one <laughs> win great. at Sharon. Uh, Kyle Larson, four. He won maybe a couple big ones here and there. Yeah. Uh, Donnie Schatz, three. Kind of surprising, as we've said before. Kerry Madsen, three. Spencer Baston, two. Uh, Tyler Courtney, uh, the one, becoming the king. And Gio Selzy with one. So a nice crop of winners, though. Yes. Pretty- yeah, I think the group the the group of winners that we had is actually really impressive, uh, and then especially having three guys hit double digits. But it is kind of crazy that we didn't hit hit that uh hit that other number. Yeah, I really thought we would. I I'm gonna go and say an early prediction that we will next year though. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, what's the next one? Moving on, uh, I believe the next one we talked about was rookies. Um, mine th- mine was way off. I will say I think if. I think we all in the back of our heads thought James McFadden would be the pick, but thought there was no way he was able to gonna be able to pull it off with how many races he was gonna miss. But he did. <laughs> <laughs> James McFadden was the rookie of the year. Um, I think even Johnny said that I uh, thought it was gonna be difficult, but possible. Maybe not possible, but he got it done. But uh, Johnny said Reitzel, I said Reitzel, and you said Brock Zerfoss. 
Who finished in second in the rookie standings? <laughs> yeah. So I was closer you than you guys. Yeah. Technically, you win again. <laughs> hey, I'm doing way better today than I thought I was going to do, to be honest <laughs> yeah. with you. Uh, I will say that my reasoning behind Aaron Reitzel not winning Rookie of the Year was not at all what went down. So there is that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that was even a plausible prediction for anybody. Yeah, right. no. But uh, still a pretty impressive rookie, uh, copper rookies this year in general, too. Just uh, how successful they all were. Uh, Brock picked it up pretty well at the end. Got I think that was his first top five of the year there at Charlotte. And James picking up those couple wins. So pretty good. Nick, I got to say, uh, just as a side tangent right now, the, all of you listening can't see this, but there is like a, a piece of the, the casing of the headset on your left ear that is just dangling out of your beard and it looks like you've got like a piece of jewelry in your beard and it's just distracting oh, wow. me so much it's qu- <laughs> quite funny yeah, <laughs> it's just, like every time you move your head it's it's swinging and swaying and it's it's just i was trying something new there all right fine <laughs> never again uh johnny looking at who we have uh i know this was not what we had necessarily in mind for this show but who we've got so far announced uh, what what are you thinking about the rookie crop for the 2022 season oh wow um i want to see how it all shakes down who actually comes out um I don't know that I, I think there there's a possibility of another one or two being announced. And if that is the case, um, it, it could change who I think maybe my prediction would be for 2021. Uh, either way, I think we're going to have uh, another fantastic crop of rookies at least start the season with the world of outlaws, NOS energy drinks, sprint car series. And, and a point I want to make about the fact that, you know, we started with four in 2021, how difficult it is to complete that initial season with you know really uh just two lasting the year are you were you surprised that we had rookie drivers win as many races as they did this year no i, I i'm not and and the reason i say that is is one of the things that I, I i pointed out in our preview show back in february all four of the drivers that started the season as rookie contenders had previously won world of outlaws features very very true very yeah. true uh Nick, what is the next category that we have here? Speaking of wins, we went into who we thought would have the most wins in 2021. Wait, before you say it, Johnny, do you remember who your pick was? Because I don't. Um, No, and I just listened to it like an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, Johnny was correct. He said Brad Sweet. Uh, Brad Sweet had the most this year with 16. Um, I thought it might be David Gravel. He ended up with 11. And Rob went with Sheldon Hoddenshield, and he had eight. Well, congratulations, Johnny. You got one there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and again, as you guys mentioned before, all of us really missed the boat on Carson Macedo in the year that he had yes. because he had 11 as well. And, you know, I, I do remember when we were talking about who would have the most wins or who would win the big events or, or where they were in the point standings. And, and that, that came out of nowhere, I guess, to all of us because they were really, really good. Yeah, I think we, I think it's, I think we thought they would be good. They would win a handful of races, but just to be as good as they ended up being is really impressive. And really looking forward to seeing what they do next year now for yes. sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Cool. The next one was who we thought would win the Knoxville Nationals. I will say we at least picked a podium person. Uh, <laughs> we may not have picked the winner. But we at least got in the podium. Uh, Johnny and Rob, well, oh, go ahead, John. I- I think, you know, looking back on it, none of us were really sure how much would see Kyle Larson as sprint car in 2021. That's fair. We're going to go with that one. That is why we did not pick him. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, had we known in advance, had you asked us, you know, had we all been asked to make that prediction and been told that, oh, by the way, for the Kings Royal and for the Knoxville Nationals, Kyle Larson will be in the field. um, Maybe that changes the picks a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, we all knew that he was going to be racing for Hendrick Motorsports this year, and we all remember how little sprint car racing Casey Kane was able to do when he was full-time at at Hendrick. So I don't think it was way off base for us to think, okay, there's a really good chance that Larson is not going to be at some of these big races because Mr. Hendrick's not going to want him to get hurt, or maybe they're going to conflict with other responsibilities. We all knew that Going into our preview this year, last year was the year for Larson to do big things, and we just were all wrong. 
Yeah, like, like I think there are the rumors that always oh, only going to run, be able to run a handful of races. But yeah, I think you ran quite right. a few more than just a handful. But which is cool. Yeah, I uh, got to see him. Uh, but so obviously Kyle Larson was the Knoxville National Champion this year. Uh, Johnny and Rob, you guys both picked Donnie Schatz, who finished second, and I thought it would be Brad Sweet, but he ended up third. I mean, that's not that bad. That's not. They're not bad picks. No, I yeah. know. absolutely. I think we did pretty good. Uh, the next one was this. This one was hard. Um, I don't think anybody can blame us for maybe being a little off of this one, but uh, who would be the two Kings Royal winners? Um, mm. I'm not sure we saw, obviously back to the Larson story there, but I'm not sure we saw Tyler Courtney uh, no. <laughs> being crowned a king this year. No, no, definitely not. Um, that was, to me, you know, one of the big shockers of the entire 2021 season. But yet, you look at how well he's done. You look at what he did this year with the All-Stars. I mean, you know, he, of all the drivers that have come from the non-wing genre to succeed with wing sprint cars, you know, the only other driver that I can think of that did it, you know, that picked it up as quickly was the late Brian Clausen. Uh, I, I completely agree, but also just going off of something that, Tyler said on this show last year was his expectation for this year was to just continue to learn. Like yeah. he wasn't really setting an expectation for himself. He just wanted to continue to learn and maybe accelerate the learning process uh, based off of where it was when we spoke with him. I think it was October, November of 2020. To end up where he ended up this year across, like you said, Johnny, the all-star schedule and then winning the, the Kings Royal I, I don't think if you if you would have asked him that, even he would have predicted that. Yeah. Um, again, I really look forward to seeing where his career goes from here because I, I think he's going to end up being right there in that upper echelon of wing sprint car drivers, regardless of series. Yeah, it'll be really exciting when he, uh, whenever it happens, he makes the move to the World of Outlaws. I feel like that's that's gonna happen, and we'll see him there full time mm -hmm. one day. So it'll be really exciting to right. have him uh, join that field and be a part of it. And obviously, we had the two Kings Royals in one day, uh, kind of a unique situation. And not, but not only did he just win the first one, he won this second one. I think it was like fourth or fifth he finished mm -hmm. in that one too. So uh, pretty impressive. We're starting show. on the pole for that one, like we all thought there was a little yeah, yeah, yeah it might run two in a row. Off. That can we, be, before you even get yeah. to the winners here, can we just talk about real quick how spectacular of a day that was to have those two massive races? We knew it was going to be a massive week, but just the way everything played out, having that happen in one day and both races, one being a day show, no less, both races being fantastic, just what a cool day that was. In some ways, it was really cool. <laughs> I, I kind of I wish I would have had a voice for it. Yeah, but otherwise, that's yeah. true. That is true. I kind of forgot about that, Johnny, and I apologize. Uh, now I'm sure this is kind of a, actually a, a touchy day to bring up, but you fought through it, man. You fought through it. Props to you for fighting through it. Uh, just one of those things that happens. Um, fortunately for me, it hasn't happened very often in the course of 25 years, so really grateful for that. And yeah, I, I, I managed to get through it, but uh, let's just hope that doesn't happen again. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so to our picks, um, Johnny thought it would be uh, Sheldon Hodenshield and Logan Shuhart, uh, which actually Logan Logan, or sorry, Sheldon uh, had some pretty good finish. I believe uh, a fifth and a second between the two of them. He had pretty mm -hmm. good showing uh, there. So I think he was probably one of the the best picks there. Uh, I thought it would be Logan and Gravel, um, and Rob, you thought it would be Logan and Brad Sweet. Which Brad Sweet was fast. He just kind of got cut up and stuff each time. It felt like yeah, yeah he got into it with his teammate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what a That's, save, though. That, oh, man. I remember like, watching that, and it was just insane. To do a 360 in front of the field on the backstretch at Eldora, drive out of it, and not get hit, freaking ridiculous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool. Uh, the next one was uh, a big one, uh, National Open. I think the biggest one, I don't I don't know if we could even say we underestimated Carson Macedo here. I don't think we would have even had him in close to a thought that he nope. would be the National Open champion yeah. this year. Uh, again, we just, you know, all went to sleep on that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, 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 and really one of the, one of the things that I, I want to make sure we, we talk about, or at least gets mentioned here with the success that they had in 2021, I think you really have to consider Philip Dietz, one of the best crew chiefs in all sprint car racing oh, yeah. right now, because look at the success that he had, not only this year with Carson Macedo, but how many different drivers he's taken to outlaw victory lane. Yeah. Just how uh, crazy it was for him to basically almost field two full-time cars 
uh, last year between uh, helping David and then running that 14 car with Parker and then bringing that car to almost a, a team championship by the end of the year too. Um, and now he's part owner of that team. It's yeah, he's definitely I think maybe gets a little underlooked almost. And running the two cars in 2020 didn't slow down either one of no. them at all. I mean, Not David was David would have been a championship contender. Maybe would have would have possibly won it if he didn't miss a couple of races for his uh, attempted NASCAR, NASCAR Camper World Truck Series start. So, I mean, yeah, just f- phenomenal to not be spreading himself thin a year ago and then throw another new driver into the mix this year and go out there and be spectacular again. I think it was very telling that, you know, Clarson had, had uh, you know, one of the goals they had written on the on the wall of the trailer there was, was five wins and they more than doubled that. <laughs> That's yeah. incredible. I think they covered themselves off for uh, next year already, yeah. too. <laughs> but yeah, really, almost it's almost how we didn't notice it. The writing was a little bit on the wall there that they would be good. Obviously, the 41 with gravel was always good there. Um, and Carson was slowly starting to get better at Williams Grove. Obviously, mm-hmm. when the pandemic happened last year, he ran some just uh, uh, local Williams Grove events. At one, he was the, he was the uh, Williams Grove points leader he was for the a little points while. Leader for right. the whole shutdown, pretty much. Yeah. He won that first race, and then the day after that, the world uh, shut down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But now, yeah, now he's a national open champion, so that's pretty cool. Uh, it'll be really cool to see if he can pull it off again next year. But uh, to our picks, Johnny had uh, quite the daring uh, pick uh, for the national open. He said, uh, Lance DeWeese wins and then retires. <laughs> I yeah. remember that. Hey, I, I mean, would you just slide that pick back a year, do you think? Um. I don't know. I don't know if I could do that based on what I saw in 2021. Um, still one of the top tier teams in Pennsylvania, but I, I, I think they, they struggled a little more than, than, than I thought they would. And who knows, maybe they rebound this year and whenever. Now, having said that, they, they won another Williams Grove championship and had a locked up coming into the national open weekend. But I, I, I think when, uh, you know, on the big stage, they struggled a little bit. And when I say struggled, struggled for them. There are a lot of other right. teams that would love to have their record <laughs> against traveling series or in the big events. But for, for that team and, and, and the level that they expect, I think they struggled just a little bit. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. And you can even point to, I think it was National Open Friday this year was when he just stormed through the field, struggled most of that night, and then stormed through the field late uh, to get a, a really solid finish out of it. But yeah. Even with having the championship locked up, his track, his bread and butter, there were still some struggles that were evident. Yeah. We can at least say uh, another uh, PA Posse shutout. That's true. That's true. We got that one. (laughs) Go Outlaws. Uh, So rounding out our picks, uh, you and I thought it would be Donnie Schatz. Uh, Just didn't happen this year. Nope. Nope, always next year. Always next year. Yep. <laughs> uh, then to uh, the champion, uh, obviously Brad Sweet, three in a row. Uh, pretty pretty historical. We can talk about that real quick. Just uh, the names he's associated, uh, sorry, associated himself with now. Yeah, I mean, well, you look at you know consecutive championships, more than two. There are only two others that have done it. So you've obviously, and I'm not calling you old here, I promise. No, that's fine if you do, I am. You uh, have seen a lot throughout your time uh, as the announcer of this series, and even before that, as a fan. Uh, Where do you think, when it's all said and done, Brad Sweet is going to end up uh, in, I, I guess you could say in the record books but just also uh you know that kind of mount rushmore of of world of outlaws drivers is he now close to that putting himself in that conversation where he could be right there oh a- absolutely and, and and again i mentioned this even before the 2021 season started you look at the way he carries himself and the way that team carries themselves and the only other only other drivers that I can remember that have that that attitude, that expectation of victory every night were Steve Kinzer and Donnie Schatz. I mean, that's the only drivers that I remember being around where they just came in the gate each night expecting to win. And if they didn't win, there was an issue somewhere because that's the expectation. They are at that high a level that they expect to win every night. 
When you look back on these three years, his three championships, what do you think is the most impressive feat out of these three years? Um, the no DNF this year. That was where I was going to go to. And not even, I think even going beyond the, the no DNFs, but the fact that he completed every single lap is is incredible yeah. too. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely not an easy feat. And just no. the consistency that they showed this year is what helped him lock it up for even uh, Charlotte this year. Obviously, Gravel gave a great, as good as a fight as he could, mm-hmm. but just that consistency, you just couldn't kill it. It's it, it, it His performance... Night in and night out, spectacular. But also for the whole 49 team, the 49 Casey Kane Racing team, to have no mechanical issues, or if they did have a mechanical issue, to get it fixed as fast as possible and still get back out there and complete every lap. I mean, if there was a year where you could kind of see that being a possibility, it probably would have been 2020, right? Right. We basically ran half the amount of races as normal. And that was a three DNF year for him at a minimum, uh, just off the top of my head. This year, every single lap, Across what was it, eighty races we ended up running? I think it was seventy-seven or in total or something like that. Yeah. Every Pretty much single yeah. lap, incredible. Yeah. And again, that goes back to uh, you know Johnny Shots and his years of dominance with the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series. Uh, a stretch of more than two years without a DNF. That's what top level teams do. That's what championship winning teams do. And 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 that's the the swagger that you see from Brad and the entire Casey Kane Racing with Mike Curb crew. They are at that level. They have worked really hard, and they're at that level, and they know they're at that level. And I don't think that's cocky at all. I just think that's a realization. Of what your efforts have led to. I mean, that's the level you have to aspire to be at, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, Eric Birchman, uh the crew chief, also he worked with TSR and Donnie when they won a lot of those championships, so he yes. knew what that was like, what he needed to bring to this team. And you can tell they're just a well-oiled machine now between uh, Eric, uh, Joe Mooney, and uh, Andrew Bowman. Uh, that whole team is just clicking on all cylinders, and I think they're going to be hard to beat in the next few years to come. Johnny, we talked about this, Nick and I have, uh, earlier this year um, on this show, but is it crazy for you to think, like, we know what his what his racing pedigree was before he got to NASCAR, right? We know what his level of success, success was, and it was pretty strong, but for a lot of the mainstream racing world for a little while... It looked like Brad Sweet was just going to be known as a NASCAR washout. And now instead, he's going to go down as a legend. Yeah, it's it, it, it's funny. Um, I, my, I got a new motorhome in the through the course of this season, and when I was cleaning stuff out of the old one and moving to the new one, I, I found some things that I hadn't seen in several years. And one of them was a notebook I kept from when I first started traveling with the World of Outlaws. And I saw uh, a list of races that I attended in 1996, the year before I started announcing for the series. And one of the races that I went to was uh, Outlaw Carts at Cycleland Speedway, just south of Chico. And I made a note next to the my other notes on, on, on the race as far as, you know, what date it was, what division, that sort of thing. I'm, I made a note about a kid that I saw that night named Brad Sweet, and I said, going to be good. <laughs> That's awesome. That's, <laughs> you need to send that piece of paper to, like, uh, the Sprint Car Hall of Fame in Knoxville. <laughs> <laughs> just put, when we know that he's going in, because, of course, he's going to go in, we just right. need to make sure that that piece of paper ends up in in in, uh, in his little area there. Yeah, I just, it was, I, I was impressed then, and, you know, I don't even know how old he was. I mean, he was just a kid, but I, I was impressed then in Outlaw Carts, and now he's a three-time World of Outlaws champion. Yeah, so go through Johnny's notebook, see who he writes is good, and just start betting on that guy for the future. <laughs> it almost sounds like it's the sports almanac from Back <laughs> yeah, exactly. to the Future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for our picks, uh, Johnny thought it would be Donnie Schatz. Um, obviously, kind of surprised. Uh, fourth place finish in points this year. I don't think uh, any of us would have guessed that with just three wins. Um, but obviously, if you look at the way they finished out the year, they were probably one yeah. of the most consistent teams. And I think uh, I forgot if you calculated the points in a certain way. Basically, almost they were the championship team, pretty much. Yeah, and 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 I'm really excited now. We talked about the you know the the swagger and the attitude of the 49 team. I think the 15 is now back on that level, and I am super excited to watch them go at it in a championship battle in 2022. 
it'll be awesome to see Brad versus Donnie again versus Carson versus Gravel versus Logan versus hopefully Sheldon is in that mix. Hopefully it's hopefully we get quite a few guys in contention next year. Is that not wild though? Like I feel like a couple of years ago we basically knew the championship battle was going to be between the 15 and the 49. And now we're looking at, at get going into 2022 and it's like the whole top 6 it really wouldn't be a surprise to see any of them contending by the end of the year. No, I, and again, the, the, the biggest thing that I, I think we need to see out of the 17 and out of the one S is the consistency and yeah. fewer DNFs. That's, that's just, that, that's, that's the difference between where we're at with say the top four and then the next level. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, so I picked Brad Sweet, <clears throat> got the championship there. Um, Rob, you thought it would be Sheldon Hoddenshield. I did. I, I will defend that. I, I will defend your honor, Sheldon. Uh, I the year the second half of the season that they had in 2020 uh, was just lights out. And, and when they weren't winning, they were doing what it looked like everyone thinks and says they need to be doing to contend for a championship, which is okay. A bad night is a fourth, and or a third, or maybe a fifth, and that would be a bad night. They were doing what they needed to do, and it seemed like. Just having that half a year under their belt, uh, Sheldon and, and crew chief Kyle Ripper, now they're going to have a full offseason to prep again, much like they did uh, after the pandemic break last year when they kind of got everything on the same page. We're like, okay, they're going to have something for them this year. And we went. they went right out the gate at Volusia, and here's where I'm not going to defend your order, uh, fell on their face. And it just kind of seemed like that that set the tone for the whole rest of the season, unfortunately. Eight wins is still not a bad year by most people's standard, but the bad nights were bad nights. Yeah. It was, it was some nights you're a little, it was very surprising to not hear their name that much. Yeah. I mean, there were some nights we were kind of remember them almost getting left, and then a caution saved them, and you're like, wow, was, was that really just about to happen? Kind of thought this would have been their kind of track. Yeah. I think a big thing we'll have to see how that might change the the dynamic with the team next year is uh, obviously Drew Brenner um, will not be with the team next year. He's going uh, to go off, kind of uh, live a different life now. Um, obviously, wish him the best with what he's doing. So, but obviously, he was a huge cheerleader and a huge part of just the world of outlaws in general. So it'll be sad to see him not around the pit area yeah. anymore as a crew guy. I'm sure we'll see him every now and then. But it'll be curious to see how that might change the dynamic with the team in general too. I agree with that. I, I also wonder how it might change the dynamic of the whole work area. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good point there. You know, guys, we talk about the, the, the level of consistency as far as having the same team together. We talk about you know, how Donnie Schatz won so many championships with the same crew. And, and now the 49 guys have been together for a number of years. But this year showed us that, that that's not necessarily an absolute requirement with Carson Macedo and David Gravel getting into new teams right. and being right at the top of the field. Definitely. Yeah, great example there. Uh, moving on to kind of the big one uh, we talked about or who we thought would be top five in points. Um I at least tried to go for in order. I would have to say, I think I did a kind of okay uh, for taking that risk. Uh, but uh, we'll go with Johnny. Uh, said it would be uh, Donnie Schatz, Brad Sweet, David Gravel, uh, Sheldon Hodgeshield, and Logan Schuhart. That's no particular order. Uh, all, all but one. Uh, so I don't think any of us had Carson Macedo in there. Uh, Rob, you said Sheldon, Gravel, Sweet, Schatz, and Brock Zierfoss. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? I don't mean to laugh, Brock. I'm sorry, man. It's just I I really had a lot of confidence going going into the season and uh it it just it just wasn't right. Well, maybe next year. He had he ended the season pretty well. Um then I tried to go in order and I think I did okay for what it was. I said uh Brad first, uh Gravel second, uh Donnie third, Sheldon fourth, and Logan fifth. So for those that maybe already don't remember, which is kind of, kind of crazy, we're not even a week removed from ending the season, but the top five ended up being in order. Of course, Brad Sweet, then David Gravel, Carson Macedo in third, Donnie Schatz in fourth, and Logan Schuhart in fifth. So yeah, you actually didn't do half bad there, Nick. I'll, I'll, we'll allow that one. We'll give you that one. I feel much better about going in order now. <laughs> yeah. I just, man... Nick, can you stop dropping things? Yeah, it's been bad My today. goodness. We were in a but meeting we, before. You were dropping things there. You're dropping notes now. Well, I was done with that notebook anyway. So I'm sure no one heard it, but I am no. going to call you out on it that's anyway. All right. uh, to try to distract people from the fact that 
I said Brock Zierfoss would finish top five, and he finished in ninth. Um, but, it, you know, that was just – he just – if something could go wrong, it seemed like it went wrong for the 3Z team this year. I mean, there was a point where we were almost wondering, are they going to run out of race cars? Because they were just having rough <laughs> night after rough night. I mean, it was nice that they finally found some consistency and uh, could end strong enough. And, and, and again, you know, you listen to Brock Zierfoss speaking at the, the championship ceremony on, on Sunday, and he raced hurt a lot of the year right. like, before he took the time off but because of the concussion. He was racing hurt, and that is something that you really you know can't expect a level of success racing against the best drivers in the world when you're already behind the eight ball with an injury. Yes, but you have to give the team credit, give him credit uh, for their perseverance. Uh, in fighting through so much of what they fought fought through. I mean, I don't think it would have shocked any of us if he would have just dropped off halfway through the year because the struggles were getting that bad, budgetary issues, and they fought right through it and went all the way to the end. And if anybody would have dropped off the tour and you could have said, well, yeah, I can see that and I understand it. And, you know, there, there's an absolute reason why that that happened. It would have been the three Z team. And, and, and as you're right, they, they, they persevered. They, they completed the entire season. And uh, I, I really hope that they are able to come back next year because I, I think they've got a lot left in the tank to show people. I think they're, they're a lot better than the results showed this year. I think going into the season, uh, just the success that James McFadden had, you would have said, yeah, he's he's an outlaw guy mm-hmm. right away. Brock, uh, coming in, you, you would I feel like you would say, yeah, he, he's a rookie, he's got to learn, but by the end of the year, I would say he's probably one of the most improved, and I feel like he, he's definitely an outlaw now, and I would yeah definitely really hope he, we'll see him again full-time again next year. I hope so, too. Uh, I'd love to see what they can do next year with having having a year under their belt and as you alluded to before Johnny that first year is just so difficult because I think for a lot of people they have an idea of the challenges they're going to face an idea of how difficult this year might be for equipment budget uh just Budgeting your time and knowing when you're going to go to the car wash, when you're going to repair things, when you're going to get sleep, when you're going to drive. And I think it seems like it, it that first year exceeds everyone's expectations, and it's just hard to fight through. And and this year was, was so challenging for them, and they still fought through it and got all the way to the end. And I think that has to be commended. Yeah, I, I think there are, there are so many hidden factors in that first season that people don't take into account. Okay, yeah, we know we're going to run a lot of races. We know there are going to be uh, a lot of nights with you know very little sleep or no sleep, it, all of that stuff. But really, just the logistics of planning that season. Hey, what hotel are we going to stay at? Do they have truck parking? Right. How do we go from this track to that track? What's the uh, they just. There's so much in logistics that people don't even begin to realize. Yeah, I completely, completely agree. Uh, it's that's why it's the upper level, right? I mean, that's that's why it is the not just the greatest show on dirt, but I would argue the most challenging show on dirt to to be a part of. Um, as we shift gears here a little bit and kind of take a look at before we go to take a kind of look at, ne- at next year, who or what? Was the biggest surprise for you this year, Johnny? Just it could be a, a driver, it could be a moment, it could be a race, a track put on a great show, just any of that. Oh wow! Um, again, I'm I'm going back to to Carson Macedo in the 41. That that entire team and their entire season, I did not expect that at all, and I, I probably should have known better. Uh, again, Philip Dietz has proven that he is right there. Um, so to me, that's, you know, uh, that's, I guess the positive side of surprises, the, the, on the opposite end of the spectrum, I really thought the 15 car would win a lot more races this year. I, I really expected, you know, them to be right there in the top two or three, as far as feature wins are concerned. Yeah, definitely. I think that that was the biggest shock for all of us, but I think, I think we can make maybe make a bold prediction for next year that it's, it's going to be more than three wins. I think so. Yeah, I, I, I'm on I'm on board with you guys there. Uh, actually, if you want to do like a you know two A and a two B as far as biggest surprises, um, the fact that you know the team car the fourteen won three races as well. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's that's definitely true. Uh, and on some nights when the 15 really struggled, the 14 yeah. was up there fighting for the win. Yeah. Uh, Nick, what about you? Oh, man, on the spot. Uh, yeah, Carson Cito's uh, success this year was uh, very impressive. Uh, cool to see him be as good as he was. Um, it was, I think, one of the big surprises was Logan Schuhart didn't continue the season. I thought he might. Uh, they struggled a bit, didn't have that consistency. Um, they didn't keep it up there like I thought maybe they could have, like they were doing in 2020. Definitely the same with Sheldon. They kind of caught fire for a little while and looked like they could really even be a top three in points team. Then they just fell off the face of the earth. Um, but then we had just a lot of great races. Um, I think the Rev. Mm-hmm. was a big surprise, a nice, pleasant surprise for us, uh, one that everybody still talks about. Um, it was fun to get back to Bristol again. We'll go there, obviously, again next year, too. Um, and then just the, the um, I think, just the amount of exciting races we had this year. I think it's just, it was like almost nonstop, pretty much. every. I feel like every week we were just talking about how good the racing was, how good the, the crowd sides, sizes were, and just how competitive the field continued to be. I feel like that's been a thing since you and I have been full-time here, uh, going back to the 2019 season. Uh, not so much that last part about the crowd sizes last year, obviously, mm-hmm. um, but 2019, it seemed like just about well, every race was really fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm last year, every race that. was fantastic. I'm going to interrupt you on that, though, for a second. When you talk about the crowd size of last year, when we were able to have open grandstands and no restrictions on the crowd, they were as full as they've ever been. Yes. I mean, I mean, you look at uh, Williams Grove in the National Open, I think, set an attendance record last year that I think maybe was broken this year, too. Um, but, yeah, that was kind of what I meant. Like, obviously, there were a lot of races where we were only able to have unlimited number of people right, running Knoxville right. with, with nobody on May 8th last year. Um, so, you know, the there was that extenuating circumstance that dictated some races not having full grandstands, yeah. but we still got to see the fantastic racing that we've seen over the last few years. Um, for me, you said one of them, Nick. Uh, I kind of have two on the positive side. Uh, the Rev was definitely one. I mean, who, who would have thought that a former pavement track that basically just had dirt put down on it uh, – owned and operated by a country musician who has no background in race promoting or racetrack owning would go out and put on just a phenomenal show. I mean, that was just awesome. Uh, the crowd was great. Uh, the reception online from those who watched on, on Dirt Vision was fantastic. The racing was great. That was super cool. Uh, and and it seems like the place has already cemented itself as a as a fan favorite going into yep. next year. No one was upset to see the rev on the sprint car schedule and on the late model schedule for, for next sure. year. Um, the other one that I have on the positive side of things, who the hell would have predicted that Dave Blaney was yeah, going to be back that's... in victory lane this year? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was just awesome. Um, and, and he did it in just absolutely spectacular fashion, too. Uh, at his home racetrack, what an awesome night. Uh, my On the other side of the coin, he finished 10th in points, but I figured after getting that win under his belt, uh, we were going to start seeing more confident and consistently stronger runs out of the 1A of Jacob Allen. And it, and it, it almost seemed like they almost regressed this year, uh, and I really wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I guess you can throw maybe just say shark racing in general didn't perform as yeah. to what maybe we all thought they would this year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I will agree with that as well. I, I think on Logan's side of things, the you know the second half of the season was much better than the first right, half. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they at least got a few of those big wins um, to kind of help propel them. And obviously, they they probably could have swept the weekend at Charlotte if it wasn't for those issues. Right. Um, but so it seems like they could be back on track for a strong twenty twenty. Definitely, yeah. And again, I, I too was a little surprised that uh, that I really thought would see Jacob Allen win another race or two in 2021, and uh, just didn't happen. I, I again, I, I you know, I, I hope maybe uh, you know we, we we see that in 2022. Yeah, I completely agree. If like I'm looking at his stats right now, and he had three top five finishes this year, 20 top tens, uh, but it, it it felt like much like it did prior to his win where it was like, oh, wow, Jacob's running up in the top five. Like, I, I didn't see this one coming. We're going into right. this year. I kind of figured that, that that now gave them that building block, I thought, uh, that 
that wouldn't be the reaction that we were going to have to a strong run by the 1A, that it was going to start feeling more routine and the bad nights would start feeling more sporadic. Um, and, and that just didn't seem to be the case. No, again, it's something we'll really have to keep an eye on in 2022. Definitely. Well, speaking of 2022, obviously not too long ago, we just uh, put out our 2022 schedule. Uh, more than 80 races. Uh, pretty fun schedule, it looks like. Johnny, what are you most looking forward to for next year? I am so looking forward to Atomic Speedway in Ohio. Mm-hmm. That is that is in my top five of the 380-some tracks that I've <laughs> been to. So uh, it's been a long time. I'm really looking forward to getting back there. That'll definitely be a fun one. Uh, I think we talked about it the last time when we had a little our, uh, schedule preview. It's it's pretty exciting schedule in general, and especially with the added points fund next year, I think we're in for uh, another really great season. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I, I just can't really wait to get it started. It's just going to be uh, not that long, but still a fairly long, cold winter without uh, without American sprint car racing. We have Australia to watch, though. We got Australia to watch. Yes. We got yes. iRacing to watch. Uh, we got the iRacing World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series. You can check that out, too. We we do have uh, that. Um, Johnny, are you able to travel? I don't know what the travel restrictions are. Are you able to get back to Australia like you normally do this winter? It does, it does not look like it at this point. Um, uh, it looks like it'll be a second year in a row that I won't be able to get to Australia. So, uh, yeah, my uh, my, my off-season is, is longer and colder as well with, with <laughs> not being able to get to uh, Australia. Um, but yeah, so I am uh, again already looking forward to Volusia Speedway Park and the Dirt Car Nationals. It'll be here before you know it. That That is yep. true. That is true. Well, Johnny, we will let you go. Uh, we appreciate your time as always. Uh, pleasures joining in. Uh, or- Joining in with you is what I was going to say, but that makes literally no sense. Pleasure <laughs> chatting with you and having you join us. That was the sentence I was trying to get out. Uh, glad we were able to do this and and you were able to have a voice for it, not like at the King's Royal uh, yeah. earlier this year. <laughs> and hopefully that won't happen again for you anytime soon. Absolutely. It was a pleasure, guys. And, uh, you know, I, I guess, uh, do, do we do the season preview again in February? We could probably we plan something. Again? I'm sure we can plan something like that. We will pencil you in. We'll try to not make ourselves look like fools again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I just, I don't even know if I even want to try to do that. I just looked like such an idiot this year. (laughs) Who knows? Actually, I I think overall we did pretty well. Again, with the exception of the 41 car that none of us really saw having the year that they had. Honestly, I I think if you look back, we, we, we all did pretty well. Thank you, Johnny. That made me yeah, feel I appreciate that. Yeah. We'll go with that. (laughs) Johnny Gibson, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Big thank you to Johnny Gibson, the longtime voice of the World of Outlaws, NOS Energy Drinks, Sprint Cars. Uh, always fun talking with Johnny. Um, I, I think I enjoyed th- this uh, revisiting of our preseason picks episode even more than I did doing the preseason picks episode. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, just uh, something different, uh, kind of a nice little round table discussion, uh, pretty much just kind of re- fun way to recap the season and see um, how we did with our kind of just random picks at the beginning of the year, just off the cuff, uh, seeing how well we can do with what might happen. He He's right. We didn't do terribly. Um, but I at think, the same yeah. time, it's, it's fun to... There were some we we drastically missed on. Uh, I feel like I went out on a limb more than more than you guys did, and drastically missed on some of those. But if you can't laugh at yourself, what's the point of living, right? Yeah. Hey, I mean, you never know what could happen. Uh, you got to make those picks. Uh, I think, like we said, uh, we all had our perfectly good reasonings for those picks, so it made sense. Yeah, ton of fun to uh, to do that. Big thanks to Johnny. Um, it was a fun weekend of racing at World Finals. Uh, but now it is now it is over with, and now it is off season time. Yeah, I miss that um, big ball of fire explosion we have during the four wides. That has a nice few seconds of heat there. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> and you feel it from like everywhere. The only yes. place you don't feel it is way in the back in the lower pits where the late models right, and yeah. big blocks are. You feel that thing everywhere. It's fantastic. But uh, we we've got got a couple months until we feel that again. Yeah, we can at least remember uh, all the the uh, joy and excitement we had from World Finals. It was cool to see the three by four wide again and have three champions out front. Um, even though you want to see a championship battle, it was cool to at least 
have them locked in ahead of time and be able to do that. So that was cool. Nice little uh, photo shoot there. Then the yeah. racing was pretty good throughout the week. Um, nice to have, uh, nice to be back racing at Charlotte again and just to see that pack grandstands talking about fans awesome. again. That was just wild. I mean, that thing was just seat to seat, inch to inch, yeah, just jam packed awesome. with people. Uh, when, when you think about it, World Finals wasn't about the racing that we got to see. It was the uh, the heat that we got to feel along the way. <laughs> yeah, sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> that warm, I, fuzzy feeling inside. I never got to feel it. I was here in the, the Dirt Vision Command Center here uh, a couple miles uh, westward in the nice climate-controlled uh, heat. There were times, Nick, we, we turned the air conditioning on. Oh, well, aren't you just lucky. <laughs> <laughs> we had so many people here at one point in this little room. We're like, it is way too hot in here. We need to turn the air on. Um and then we got a little bit cold, and then we we turned it off. I was just cold. <laughs> <laughs> it was cold, but it was a uh, it was a good weekend of racing, and uh, we'll be able to to do it again in about ninety ish days, something like that. Something yeah, like that. yeah, it'll go we... quick. You know, you get the ho- once you start hitting up all these holidays, and it'll just start flying by. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, which is great. I love this time of year. Excuse me. It's it's chilly. Uh, I hate that. Uh, there's a reason why I moved from the northeast to the south. Yep. But um, the holidays are fun, and uh, the the off season has some perks. But it'll be nice to see racing again. Yeah, and at least we still have some. Um, like we said, uh, you can watch all the racing from Australia at Perth. That's that, that always puts on some really cool, fun racing there. Yes, I am actually working that race uh, from the Dirt Vision Command Center here in Concord uh, this Saturday morning, early. Overnight, basically, Friday into Saturday. So if you can't sleep, you can join us here on Dirt Vision or, you know, just wake up in time for the features and sprint cars and coffee. Yeah, there you go. Or some NOS, too. There you go, too. Uh, What would you call that? If you throw alcohol in your coffee, it's an Irish coffee. If you throw NOS in your coffee, what what is that? Crazy? Craziness? Um, Well, I mean, depends on what NOS. I feel like you could call it like a turbo shot if you use the turbo. Oh, there you go. Mm. There you go. There you go. That that's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. You could do that uh in a, in addition to or in place of coffee and uh in enjoy some sprint car racing still cuz the the Australians put on a great show down there at uh, the Perth Motor Park. Perth is a really cool track. That's the one cool. I want to get to at some point. Yeah, that place is very very cool. Uh there's something about it that actually kind of reminds me of Charlotte a little bit. It's a little bit smaller, but just mm-hmm. kind of the way it races uh just reminds me of that place. It's not Sometimes it gets up right next to the wall, but usually it's like a, a lane off the wall will be where you see the fast lane. Sometimes the bottom works pretty well, and I feel like that's how Charlotte is a lot. Yeah, that's a pretty good uh, explanation. I would say it looks pretty similar. Like you said, they get pretty, they can get right up on the wall if they have to, or they can use the bottom sometimes. Uh, I just remember seeing some like fantastic just side-by-side mm-hmm. racing there. It's a lot of fun. Uh, that starts, I believe it starts at 3.30 Eastern time is when we will go live from the Perth Motorplex in Western Australia at, uh, Quinana Beach. That's how they say that. Uh, that's, that's where it is. Quinana Beach, which I, I just, that's just a cool town, cool town name, cool beach name. Um, but yeah, a lot of fun doing that, doing that stuff, uh, with the, the great people from Perth Motorplex on, on, on Dirt Vision. They're, they put on a good show and, uh, it's a lot of fun to be able to do that with them. Yeah. And, uh, along with, uh, Australia, we have, uh, you can still say sprint car racing with the, uh, World of Outlaws, NOS Engineering Sprint Car Eye Racing Championship, uh, series that goes on. Um, they're, they for those of you that still enjoy some virtual sprint car racing, they put on some pretty good shows, um, as well. Those guys, uh, they're, 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 they're pretty much top level in what they do for iRacing. Yeah. Those are like the top of the top sprint car guys on iRacing. Yep. We've had Alex Bergeron on this show before to talk about that. He's one of those that participates in that. I believe that's every Monday night as we yep. go through this, Monday uh, at nine. this winter. Yep. Yeah. Watch um, that under vision as well. I tell you, some of those guys also run in our dirt car esports league as well uh in the the touring division and those guys since they all race against each other they all hate each other man (laughs) and their interviews end up being some of the most colorful interviews that you'll ever get on our airwaves because they just can't stand each other and they make sure the other guy knows it 
Oh, I tell you, whatever it is about iRacing, like I watch it with my roommates, it just brings like the most heated animal nature inside of you out for whatever reason. It's you just, see red, man. Yeah, it's man, they just go at it. Yeah, uh, so those end up being a lot of fun. Uh, so you can check those out on Monday nights. Starts up this upcoming Monday. Today that we're recording on is the 11th. So Monday is, I'm trying to do the math in my head while I load it up. Monday is the 15th. Monday the 15th is when that gets started here on Dirt Vision. Uh, every Monday from there on out at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Um, as we move forward here... Um, this is going to be our last show for a little while here, Nick. We're going to take our own version of the off-season yep. with this show. And uh, we'll go on a little bit of a hiatus and come back right after the Dirt Car Nationals from Volusia Speedway Park with a little bit of a different look and feel. Yeah, it's. I guess I, I think the best way we can say it is it'll be in evolution. Uh, you're going to see something, it, really a lot of really exciting things are happening around here and through those it's going to help uh evolve the podcast and turn them into something pretty cool um by no means is open red going away it will still exist in its own form maybe not exactly the same way it is currently right now but you will still see open red every now and then uh but there will be uh there will be still some exciting podcasts stuff that I think everybody will really enjoy coming up here. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't think it was something that, that all of you would enjoy. So, um, believe it or not, we we do actually have our listeners' best interests in mind. Yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> we try. We do, we do try. Um, so, yeah. We'll, uh, this show will be back or, or there, there, like I said, Open Red is going on a hiatus and podcasting will be coming back uh, at some point after the Dirk, soon after the Dirk Car Nationals, I think to um, everybody's joy. Let's put it that way. Everybody's joy is that a good way to say it? I think so. Okay, you'll you'll be, you'll enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> well, until February. Uh, my name is Rob Lowndes. I am Nick Graziano, and we will catch you later. Bye bye. Hashtag open red. <laughs>